In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. I hope your day is beautiful. Hope the sun is shining, the birds are singing. Hope you got to wake up next to the person you love. And I hope someone throughout this day does something for you unexpected. Hope you get to see the beauty in life. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. It's not so much the idea of beauty, which we will talk about, However, we will also talk about the ideal of beauty and imagination and some of the issues I see with those three things in the world today. I got a lot of these ideas from a beautiful book called Saving Beauty by Young Chul Han, who is a really remarkable philosopher. I highly recommend people check it out. Let's start with the aesthetic of beauty. I think it can be term- be determined by a sort of autoerotic subjectivity. I think that there is a pleasure felt in perceiving beauty. But what is beauty? Is beauty the attractiveness of stimulation when you see a beautiful woman or a beautiful man or a beautiful sunset are you attracted to it is it the stimulus about it are you pulled in by its gravity are you drawn into it what is that force that pulls you towards it is it a force at all is it contemplative Or is it consumptive? I think there's a distinction there. When you see something beautiful, is it something that allows you to enter a state of contemplation 
Are you thinking, wow, this person is so beautiful or this moment is so beautiful? Or are you consuming it? Is it something you're taking in and breaking down and it's giving you sustenance? I would argue that it's not consumptive. That the consumptive nature is empathetical to beauty. Consuming beauty is a destructive way of taking in beauty. I feel the contemplative nature of beauty is much more rewarding and I think that that is where the ideal of beauty comes into play. I think in today's world when we are bombarded by stimuli whether it is magazines or pornography or smooth, shiny sculptures. I think this idea of beauty is in contrast to the ideal of beauty. It is, it's the, it's this onslaught of stimuli. It's the never-ending barrage of forms regardless of how pretty they are, that make beauty disappear. I think in a contemplative nature, it's imperative that you have time to connect what it is about that which you saw, to contemplate, to understand, to draw upon other ideas of what make that thing you think is beautiful, the ideal of beauty. It takes time to connect other ideas. It takes time to thoroughly understand why you think something is beautiful. Whether it's a beautiful woman whose face is nearly symmetrical or slightly a slightly bent smile when she sees something she loves. Or maybe it's a tree that slightly blocks out the sunset on a warm summer's day. But there's so many things working together that make something beautiful. And that's why it's not consumptive. Consumptive or consumption of beauty is a degradation of beauty into a sex symbol or sexiness. I often use the idea of, in a recent podcast, I was speaking about Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. And while both, in my opinion, I think Kim Kardashian is an attractive woman. She's very pretty. But she's not the ideal of beauty. She's like the outer wrapper. She has a container in which she keeps herself as a sex symbol. And that's why she could never be in a relationship that works because she bases her life. She is defined as a sex symbol. 
And isn't it interesting that she found a status symbol to connect with? In some ways, those are the mirror image of one another, and they're a perfect couple for the short time that they can be together. A sex symbol could never stay in a relationship because it takes away from the very foundation of what they are. A sex symbol getting married takes away from their sexiness and thus erodes the very nature of who they are. A status symbol could never stay married or stay in one relationship because it takes away from the foundation of who they are. In order for them to maintain the status that they have, they must continue to be ever reaching forward, conquering new heights. And one can't be a family man or a family woman and still hold on to the title of sex symbol and status symbol, at least not at the rate they were before they found themselves in a relationship. When I think about beautiful forms, I think about the way nature speaks to us figuratively. I think about the language of nature and the gift of deciphering its secret writing corresponds directly to our moral feelings. Again, we're back to the contemplative nature, the language, the silent pause or the moments it takes to thoroughly understand what it is about this object or person or thing that is so beautiful. And isn't it interesting, the thoughts that come up when you begin thinking about the ideal of beauty. It's almost like there's a giant shift in your focus. For me, I feel like after thinking about the ideal of beauty, I find the colors are a little brighter. The bird's song is a little sweeter. My life is a little bit better. The normal idea of beauty is a species-specific norm. A shape appears beautiful if it conforms to this norm, and ugly if it altogether deviates from it. Not only the human species, but any species has its own normal idea of beauty. It is merely the correctness in the presentation of the species, an archetype, according to which a species reproduces itself. A face which corresponds to the normal idea of beauty is a perfectly regular, smooth face which cannot contain anything specifically characteristic. It expresses more the idea of the species than anything specific to a person. It expresses more the idea of the species than anything specific to a person. It expresses more the idea of the species than anything specific to a person, as opposed to the normal idea of beauty. The ideal of beauty is unique to the human species. As opposed to the normal idea of beauty, the ideal of beauty is unique to the human species. It is the visible expression of moral ideas which inwardly govern human beings. It is due to this, it is, it is the ideal 
of beauty, the uniqueness to the human species, the visible expression of moral ideas which inwardly govern human beings. The ideal of beauty, this ideal of beauty, evades any form of being consumed. The idea of beauty is something that can't be consumed. The ideal of beauty is something that evades consumption. If you just take a moment to think about that, how does your idea of beauty match up with your ideal of beauty? What are you surrounded by? Do you have ideas of beauty in your life? Or are you operating and in union with the ideal of beauty? The ideal of beauty does not allow for any sensory charm to be mixed into the satisfaction in its object, while it nevertheless allows a great interest to be taken in it. Maybe a good way to think about the ideal of beauty is to think about it as the intellectualized judgment of taste which rests on the unification of taste with reason, the beautiful with the good. It takes me back to the ideas of that which we are bombarded by, the, the beautiful ugliness that surrounds us. It's the shell of beauty. It's a beautiful wrapper, but underneath the wrapper is a maggot-infested, old, wiped-out carcass. It is the illusion of beauty. It is the promise or the illusion. I think the illusion is better than the promise. The illusion of beauty is a far cry from the ideal of beauty. Sometimes I think the power of imagination, the power of visualizing, the ability to thoroughly understand the morality of the best life you can live are factors that allow you to see the ideal of beauty. The imagination is important for you to begin thinking about what you're capable of. Only when you begin to understand what you're capable of can you begin to invite the true beauty into your life. Because how else would you, if you don't know what you're capable of, you're not aware of the beauty, the ideal of beauty that someone else or something else may be capable of providing to you. It seems to me with my limited lifetime on this planet of 47 years that the idea of beauty has changed throughout time. Maybe there is a morality of the beautiful. Today it seems maybe there's a lack of morality of the beautiful. 
It seems to me, at least historically, for a long time, beauty was only relevant to the extent that it expressed morality and character. Don't get me wrong. There's always been a sort of sexiness out there. But it seems to me that today, the beautiful character gives way entirely to sexiness. 19th century middle class women were viewed as attractive because of their beauty, less because of what we would call today their sexual appeal. Beauty was viewed as a physical and spiritual attribute. And when I think of spiritual, I think of almost the indescribable, but not so much in a sexiness way as in a wholesome, profound way. I think in that same time, sexual appeal did not represent a legitimate criterion for mate selection. And in that respect, represents a new criterion of evaluation detached both from beauty and from moral character. Or rather, in which character and psychological makeup are ultimately subsumed under sexiness. Maybe that is due to the times and the harshness of life, or maybe that's because there was no social media, or for whatever reason, it seems that criterion has changed and been cheapened and has eroded the foundation of relationships. You know, it seems that the idea of sexiness is fleeting. It's there from time to time and at different stages can be rekindled or even reimagined. But it's not permanent. There's no no solid no solidity there. And if something isn't permanent or solid, then it's not conducive to consumption. In the world in which we live, consumption has seemed to take over so much of that which we cherish. Everything has become consumable. And in doing so has become impermanent and fleeting. These are the ways that you can accelerate consumption. So it seems the culture of consumption removes duration. Character and consumption are opposites. The ideal consumer is a person without character. The ideal consumer is a person without character. The ideal consumer is a person without character. Lack of character enables 
indiscriminate consumption. Lack of character enables indiscriminate consumption. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.